This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy. Blech. And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty. Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get hefty, ultra-strong with new Fabuloso lemon scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Authentic Your Media, featuring radio, TV, webinars, and live events worldwide. And today, presenting the debut show of Interviews with Authentic You, with your co-host, Michelle Abo, author, international speaker, also known as the Celebrity Numerologist, and Jeffrey Miller, author, international speaker, and also known as The Interventionist. And now, here's Michelle and Jeff. Enjoy the show. Good afternoon to this entire planet. My gosh, what a beautiful day. Thank you all so very, very much for doing, being with us, doing and being with us today on interviews with Authentic You. As you know, we are Authentic You Media, and Authentic You Media has got some fantastic shows in our lineup that you should all take a chance to go onto our page, check them out, and join in. We've got some phenomenal subjects. Today, I've got a phenomenal subject my co-host, Michelle, is actually doing her business in Los Angeles today and doing some interviews herself. So she may, in fact, get to get in with us here on this call, and she may not. But that said, this subject is near and dear to everybody's heart. This is one that if you have children, you know somebody who has children, you know of this circumstance. They're saying today two out of three kids today are bullied in some respect. Those are astronomical numbers, and, and it's growing because the Internet seems to be programming that. Kids are more open and active with social media, you know, with uh, Facebook and their texting and everything, that they are more able, you know, their communication is so much more than what it was, certainly when I was a kid, and I know I'm going back a few years. That said, it's a subject that's got to be dealt with, and... I am extremely, extremely happy to have a great lady on with us today to talk about this because she has experienced it and she has written about it as an author. And her actual, uh, on the book itself, and I've read the book, uh, I found it to be a very compelling, a very great guide to understanding the bullying epidemic, as she calls it, the guide to arm you for the fight by author Kathleen Patel. With ignorance comes fear. From fear comes bigotry. Education is the key to acceptance. Isn't that so true? Kathleen Patel is a happily married, peace-loving fiction writer. Her books are fun to read, but always educate and contain a message. As promoter of acceptance, she believes knowledge is the key. Kathleen is also an activist that fights for those without a voice. This includes abused children, animals, and especially victims of bullying. She hopes that her books can open new worlds for you, her readers. And we are very happy and welcoming Catherine Patel, author, to our show today. Kat, how are you? And thank you for being oh, with I'm us. Oh, I'm great. I'm great, Jeff. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm honored to be on the show. Well, it's an honor for you to be with us because I'll tell you, we look for on interviews with Authentic You. When we just, when we, we put this this program together which we call it the creme de la creme of our programming uh, for Authentic Human Media. And our shows are all fantastic, but we wanted this show to be that that really gets a message out to people through people like yourself, through those that have taken action and have taken up a cause that is something that is so authentic, because that's who we are. We're Authentic You Media. We're all about authenticity and those people that walk in their authenticity, and that's who we bring on to the show. Those are the people we want to help get their voice out to the world because this is an international radio broadcast, and we are extremely happy to have you with us, and thank you again for accepting our offer. Uh, you know, you've got uh, some fantastic books out there. I know of at least five that you've done. Um, Tell our audience, everybody loves to know the story behind a person like you that has mounted up a campaign to do good 
for the world, so to speak, to go, do good for fellow human beings and to help make a difference. What got you on on this on this path, Kat? Well, I think it would probably be my own personal experience. Um, I had my own sad time in my childhood when I was being bullied. So I can definitely feel the pain of all the, the young people going through this today. But when I was going through it, I found that the only escape available to me happened to be books. And I, I found the, the world of books was an adventure that I could go on every day, and it kind of got me away from all the ugliness. And so when I finally was able to get to my dream of writing, I wanted my books to be fun, but I wanted them to have a message to make sure that, that there was a, a moral to the story, so to speak. Because I think it's very important for kids to learn acceptance and love. And if it can be kind of peppered into a, a fun little read, then all the better. That's fantastic. Um... I was taught at a young age that I should read books, and I, I thought because my parents would tell me I should read books, I shouldn't do it. <laughs> I wasn't one that was really thrilled with school. I, I did well, um, but it, it just didn't seem to hold me to the to the to it. You know, I just said, no, nah, I don't need to do that. I was too interested in flying jet planes and what was going to happen, you know, uh, <laughs> as I got out of school, let alone read books. But I did read. I did read, but I read those books that really interested me. And you've read, you know, you read as a child, and then you had, you know, then as you said, you you got the dream and the aspiration to be an author. Uh, what age were you with that? Well, I I wasn't able to actually um, fulfill that dream until I was, you know, past the age of thirty because I was busy, you know, building my career and climbing the corporate ladder and trying to, you know, get that elusive all-American dream. So um, it wasn't until, you know, I was quite into adulthood that finally I realized that I needed more fulfillment. I felt that, um, okay, I was successful, I was making good money, but there was an emptiness inside of me. And it was actually right around that time that I, my, both of my sisters became mothers. So I became an aunt. And as my nieces and nephews started to grow, I started to feel that concern that they could also be the victims of bullying. And that just really snapped me into reality. And I said, whoa, I have to do something. And wow. that was a turning point. Wow, that's amazing. Now, how many books had you written prior to actually coming up to this one? Well, I I was writing the the bullying epidemic simultaneously with my first book for young adults and tweens, the, the fun adventure, Haran's Magical Adventure. So um, it was after that that I had um, started writing fiction in my spare time, but it was more of a, it was not as intense as the the first book with um, the anti-bullying in mind, because it just seemed like it was part of my mission. So I haven't really been writing any more books since I've been focusing on this whole anti-bullying crusade. It seems like there's not a lot being done in the school systems. I mean, they've attempted to to put these anti-bullying programs into place, and they're not effective at all. And so it's really clear that, you know, drastic measures need to be taken. These kids are killing themselves, and it's getting worse and worse, and, you know, it's an emergency. I, I would agree with you, and, you, and we don't actually hear about as much as actually what's going on, uh, but we hear a lot, and what we hear is not not happiness. And it's quite it's quite alarming. 
And you yourself, as you mentioned, and this does happen to most people during our lives, we do face a point of being bullied by someone somehow, and it goes back to the beginning of time probably. Uh, I, you, you mentioned it. You had a time in your life you were bullied, and did that not, and how did that, I guess it's a two-part question I'd like to ask you, um, you know, how did that affect your life, that it, that it stayed permeated, so to speak, with you, and cause you to really come out. Now, here your two sisters give birth to children, you become an aunt, and all of a sudden you're going, wow, you know, there's a bullying thing going on. But wh how did that feel to you growing up being bullied? What do you think that left with you? It had such a profound effect on my life. It caused me anxiety. It caused me stomach issues. I would be so afraid at night. I, I couldn't sleep thinking about what would happen the following day at school. On the weekends, I, it would be a relief until Sunday, and then Sunday I would start to feel that sick feeling again, knowing I had to go back to school. There was even one incident where a bully uh, threw a football that hit me in the face and broke my glasses and cut into my face. I had to have stitches. And since then, I was so afraid of, to this day, I have never been involved in sports, anything with flying objects. I have a phobia, a real fear of that. And I think it, it affects your self-esteem when, when you're being bullied like that. And the bully has such control that none of the other kids even have the courage to be your friend. So you're completely ostracized. It affects your self-esteem. You, you feel like you're not good enough. It, it's just awful. I would have to agree with you, and I know a lot of a lot of our listeners can absolutely relate to that because I think probably each of us has, in some respect, been and felt the wrath of a bully during our life at one time or another. I know personally, you just re you reminded me of something when you said hit in the face. It, it's amazing how those triggers hit us. Uh, you know, a lot of my listeners know that I am a strategic interventionist, uh, trained under Tony Robbins' program and Dr. Chloe Madonis. Also, I am a hypnotherapist and an NLP practitioner, and between the three of those, I put a ball of wax program together to actually help people with low self-esteem, and it's doing very, very well, and it's growing, and the client base is growing, and now I'm actually helping train other intervention coaches to help people with those symptoms. And, you know, this, this, it's staggering, the statistics. We're in the 80 percentile of some form of, of negative low self-esteem value in, in our society. And I say, wait a minute, whoa, 80 percent? Well, that opens up a whole other aspect as to why is there bullying. Because a lot of people, and we're going to get into this more in the show, but I wanted to relate to, specifically, I can remember, I, it was about the fourth grade of elementary school for me, and there was this one fellow in the class, we'll just use a, a name of Greg for the sake of protecting the innocent, although uh, I've got a sad story to say about him that I heard several years ago. But he chose to, and he'd, he'd been kept back in the school program, probably two or three grades, and he was just a, just a chronic bullier. He was constantly picking on children. Anybody with a pair of glasses, they, they, oh, my goodness, he'd go after you. Well, at that time in my life, I was wearing glasses during school. I needed him to, you know, to see the the bullet, the, excuse me, the blackboard. And mm -hmm. this guy was constantly causing practical jokes. The teacher would turn around and draw something on the board that we were supposed to be doing in a subject, and he'd be throwing things at the teacher, as crazy as that sounds, and wow. blaming other people. Well, one day he blamed me. And I said, nope, it wasn't me. And we wound up in the principal's office, the two of us, and I said, no, it wasn't me. And uh, this guy got upset because he actually get, he got caught. I turned him in, and I was a big kid, um, and I didn't think there was any, any reason I should have to put up with this guy's bullying. Well, after staying after school that day, of course, it's a winter night in the dark, and we walked home in those days. We didn't have a bus, and mm -hmm. I'm home from school, and this guy hid behind a building because he didn't stay after. He skipped, and he hit me with a pair of ice skates across the face. <gasps> knocked oh. me out, knocked me out cold, uh, and then, of course, I got pounded on the boot, and I had cuts on my face, and I was bruised, and uh, pride more than anything. I mean, I was hurt, there's no question, and I bowed and determined from that day forward that I was not going to accept that. It did leave a scar, though. 
there's no question. It wasn't the physical, you know, on my the cuts on my face from his pair of ice skates. It was it was in fact the mental scar that here's this guy. I'm walking home in the cold, just trying to get home because it's getting dark after being kept after school because of this guy. And the next thing you know, I'm whacked across the face. And you know, it was not fun. And it does leave an emotional scar. Um, it's amazing in human needs psychology, which is what I mostly work within, we at some point in our life from the age of two to seven will remember things that happened as a child because I was much older than seven, but still what an impact. But those are the crucial years of learning when we're in awe of life. You know, the two-year-old, the seven-year-old is like, wow, this is a mysterious place. I'm on, you know, we're always learning, we're touching, we're seeing, we're feeling. It's all the senses coming alive as a human. And that is also the same point of time where you're told, no, don't do this, don't do that. But you are also most impressionable. Our mind is extremely impressionable at that point to a degree that those are the earliest learning years we have where our memory is really embedded, our subconscious memory really starts, and then it builds layers. And now what happens is something happens down the road where, in fact, if somebody tried to pull a surprise attack on me, I'm ready for the defense, you know. Uh, in your case, you're, you're constantly not wanting to have anything to do with sports. Anything had to do with a flying object, you're away from it. Totally mm-hmm. all, all plan for the rest of your life. You might have might have been a kid that wanted to go for sports. You might have you might have been a star at it. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But because your esteem level was was you know really really diminished because of that, and the fear factor sets in that you don't want to have that happen again. You don't want to ever get hit in the face again. Nor did I. And that has lived with me my entire life. And 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 I really feel bad as I grew to be a pretty big guy. I mean, I'm six foot four, and I did play sports. And I felt bad for a few people that kind of got near my face when I was growing up. I mean, I didn't mean to be the bully, but this is the reverse of that coin. And we're going to talk further about that as we move along because we're going to go over the tap to see a book. But that, in fact, is a big issue of how bullies are actually formed into bullies. It's those crucial years, those two to seven. How did they learn? What did they learn? What did their parents teach them? What was the outcome of what they learned? You know, we are taught by parents who are taught by parents who are taught by parents. There's no real school. And if a child is living under a very, very, very severe situation, it learns those same tactics. It's been said that we become like the five people we hang around with the most. And in those early learning years, how true is that? So now we look at elementary school kids, and this is where you, where you get into the book about the children, and it really is where the education has to be, and I'm with you 100% on that. When the elementary school children start picking on their fellow students, that's where it begins, but why did it begin? Why are these children choosing to be bullies? It's an amazing thing. And you talk about that in the book. I mean, you know, we can go through the chapters, and, you know, chapter one's basically getting into, um, you know, the guide, talking about it and and how it's become like a cancer. Um, But talk to us about that when you, you know, when you put this book together. I mean, I love it. It, It's really great. And, folks, by the way, I I want to interject something here because, you know, Kathleen is our guest, and I certainly want her to speak more than I, and I am talking a bit here about this because it's so valuable. She's going to have a special offer for you. Hang in with us for the hour of this show, you know, approximately 45 minutes to go. She has a special offer you're going to want to take advantage of, and it's to do with this subject and this book. So hang in there because this is going to be really great. But Kathleen, talk to us about that, you know, as you started writing the book, how it related well, when I started writing the book, I, I was really focused on, you know, ridding the world of bullies and, and you know, bullies are bad and there should be strict rules and anti-bullying programs. But as I really started to look at the whole crisis situation, I realized the bullies have to be dealt with as well. The bullies are usually being bullied by someone, whether it be their parents or their siblings or, like you said, you know, one of the five people they spend their time with. And the bully is crying out for help in a in an ugly way, yes, but still, nevertheless, the bully needs some help as well. And uh, 
uh, there's even a, a list of things for parents to do if how to recognize if their child is a bully and what the actions that they might want to consider taking. Well, how true is that? And that, I guess, gets back to what we were saying when it when it comes to how do people become bullies? How do, and where does it start? How does it? How does an adult become a bully? Well, that guy's a, he's a real bully. You know, he's he, you know a pushy boss or somebody who feels like the world's all you know they're all right and the world's all wrong. Mm-hmm. Where does that all come from? And how? How do we do this? How do we get to this educational value? I mean, we, you've got to, you know, everybody says we need to start with the children. Well, I agree. We do need to start with the children, Ted. But what do we? How do we? How do we work with the adults that are bullies too? You know, where does it all together? Uh, you know that that's a really really good point because bullies, children that are bullies that are not, you know, taken care of and and treated, so to speak, will just grow up to be grown-up bullies. And as you said, we've all met them in the workplace. I know I have. And, in fact, some corporations are now finally taking action on this and intervening, and they're actually hosting speakers to come in and and talk on the subject and guide uh, HR people and uh, just – all the employees on how to deal with these bullies in well, the workplace. I'm really, really glad to hear that because I, I have written a program that I utilize in my coaching, and it is the combination of strategic intervention, hypnotherapy, and NLP, which is neurologistic programming, and it, it, it is dealing exclusively with l- levels of low self-esteem. It is a what I call the program 21 Days to Change Your Mind. Uh, and the book oh, I, I heard about here, that. Yeah, thank you. And the book I've got coming out is known as The Change Machine, uh, 21 Days to Change Your Mind. And it is really a guide as well. Uh, it's basically written uh, a really pretty much to follow along with the coaching program that I've put together. And it'll be a book people can pick up, and, and, and it'll be mostly adults um, because that is who I coach. I coach adults. I don't coach children. And it's adults that are coming up and saying, wait a minute, you know, uh, I'm missing something. Something's happened in my life. It's regressed. I, I'm not sure. I, I, things happen, though, and, and all of a sudden I feel like, bam, something went off, and I, I go into another world, and I, I lose my temper. I feel like I need to defend myself, and quite often, and what it is, in fact, in all cases, not quite often, it's regressed memory of those issues that happen that are pretty much severe in a person's mind, so it's regressed to subconscious. Because our brain isn't isn't made to constantly deal with pain, so it has a great way of putting it into the background. It's there, and those little things that happen. It could be somebody saying a word, hearing a noise. To me, it could be somebody jumping out from around a corner and trying to scam me. Look out! Uh, that's a trigger. We call them triggers. In your case, it could be a flying object coming near you. All of a sudden, you're walking along. Maybe you're in a park with your nieces and nephews, whatever, and some kid throws a ball. You're going to go for defense, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. going to get near your face. Well, it's the same thing with all other areas of what we call bullying, all other areas of this level of esteem that we do not feel, which means we are not feeling a level of high esteem. And it does affect our daily life. It affects us in ways we we really don't understand, and it's pervasive in our society. Um, You know, talk about uh, Bobby about four months ago now, and I I have utilized this story, and it's a sad one, but a gentleman had everything in the world going for him. Movie producer, wrote some fantastic shows, um, just everything phenomenal. One day he drove up on the bridge, Parked his car on one of the highest rise bridges in the state of California, climbed up over the hood, mounted the guardrail, and took a swan dive. Mm. Nobody would have ever believed it. He didn't even uh. family didn't even understand that he was suffering from such an acute level of low self-esteem from his childhood. But he left a note on his desk. And the note specifically said, I couldn't take it anymore. And isn't that amazing? All the money that you could ever want, all the popularity, the fame, respect, loving family chose to take his life. So we wonder, 
we wonder what happens to these poor children who uh, can't even mount the defense of as being an adult, and they, they're consistently plagued with this stuff to the point where, you know, you've got a story in here about, about the girl, uh, and they made a movie about her and put it on. You, uh, was it YouTube they put it on? Um, uh-huh. Wow. I mean, come on. Uh, you know, don't children understand what they're doing to another child? Well, let's answer the question. No. They no. Really don't. And, oh, Jeff, you know, there was a, a poor girl that was pushed to suicide. She was a teenager, and she was on Facebook. This is where the majority of the bullying took place, cyberbullying. Right. After this girl had committed suicide, these people, I, I just, I can't even believe that they're children because it's so evil, but they continually posted horrible things and remarks and uh, different ugly pictures and horrible things, even after the poor girl died. Even after she died. Wow. After she died. And, and, and how much of that don't we hear about? It's amazing. We, we hear about some of the, the most haunting and daunting stories because somebody has taken a stand so it gets out there. Otherwise, it's just kind of not. We've got to do something about it, and I applaud you on that. You move along through the book, and I, I wow, I love how you've written this, Kat, because it really is a guide to level of understanding. You know, through chapter one, chapter two, it, you know, you've got the statistical uh, values in there. I mean, these are actual case histories and, st- and stats. You know, for example, one in seven students in K to 12 is either uh, a bully or a victim of bullying. Wait a minute, one in seven is either a bully. Wow, you know. Fifty percent of students have personally witnessed some type of bullying. Staggering, you know. Uh, and I think the numbers are even higher, really, Jeff. Well, probably are. I mean, you know, this, I think the stats and people understand that these stats change daily. But are they getting better? I'm not thinking so, and, and that's very sad to say. Which means we all need to take a part in this because we all know we either have children, grandchildren, nieces, nephews, friends, family, etc that have children, and children, it is true, they are our future. They're the future of our human race, and teach them well. Teach them well. That doesn't but mean you that know, every- the, the, the horrible truth is that there are still so many people, adults, that are still in that old wives' tale frame of mind that, oh, kids will be kids, or oh, you know, let them duke it out and, you know, they'll they'll work it out, whatever. And that's just not the case. Very true. That's why I, I'm sorry, Jeff, go ahead. No, no, it's very true. I mean, it's, it is. And, and the other, the other part of it is as a society and the two wage earner income families now that have to be to make it and some aren't even, and that's another whole economic question we could probably have another whole show on, and then some, as we well know, with what we've gone through in the last two or three years just in this country alone. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but one thing is for certain, children are still learning, and they're going to learn because that's what our minds do. We learn to survive. We're survival machines. And that survival, unfortunately, is sometimes in a way that we call that a paradigm. You live in a paradigm of this is the way it is. This is the way I was raised. This is the way I'm going to live. And it isn't that you feel you had a choice. And as we're educated in the system, which is another whole story again, you know, the educational system we offer our children today, as the children are educated, they go through the same thing. And they're taught certain things, and they're taught how to behave and how to act in certain circumstances. And does any of it really teach them how to not be bullies or not be the subject to bullying, not be the victim? Let's use the word. Let's not not be the victim of bullying. Not necessarily. And I know the awareness is out there, and I applaud. I applaud all of those groups. They're usually people that have had a child that has suffered bullying, or, God forbid, they've lost a child to it. They've actually lost a child to both. They're the ones that usually mount up that campaign and get up on that soapbox and say, look, let's not lose another child. 
and we are and do have to start with those children. It's absolutely amazing. You you have a book, uh, excuse me, you have a uh, chapter in the book. Uh, actually, it's chapter five, folks, for when you get this book. And you talk about the number of bullying incidents reported are becoming more and more frequent among both young boys and girls, which is a good thing because that's awareness. Uh, there are many more that actually go unreported, and that's true. I think that's like probably 50-50, and if those, stats, if those stats probably are higher than that. So if your children are, or a student, if you're a teacher, is, is exhibiting violent signs of bullying or possibly signs of being the target of bullying, what do you do? And you wrote in the book a really great part of the book. It's right smack in the middle almost, Chapter 5, and it's a bullying quiz. Is your child student a target? Well, let's spend a few minutes on that. We've got about half an hour show left, which I'm very happy to say. And I'd like to spend a good five, ten minutes on this cat. On this cat, it's it's really important. I think, folks, you need to you need to hear this because you are going to think. And if you don't think about it for your own children because they've already grown and gone, it's maybe your grandchildren or maybe it's the neighbor's children or you're a teacher or you, or you work with children or, you know, whatever the case may be. So, Kat, go ahead and talk about the quiz if you would. Okay. The quiz has a, a number of questions that uh, pertain to your child or grandchild or niece or nephew. And uh, if you're going to answer yes to more than one of them, then you might want to look deeper into it. The first one, probably most important, would be, does your child often make excuses not to go to school? You know, are they faking sick or, you know, uh, I've seen that happen and uh, a red flag should go up immediately. Um, Is your child angry, sad, depressed, withdrawn, or... Uh, acting as though they have some type of self-loathing, especially if this is something new, obviously. You know, any change in a a child's temperament is another red flag, especially if they're emotionally erratic. That's another question. They start having some mood swings, you have to wonder. Or if they start coming home injured or hurt in some way by uh, if they will admit to a particular person or a group of people that, that were the culprits, but most times the child won't admit it. They'll hide it. There's a, a whole emotional uh, twisted mind game that goes along with the, the bullying where the target of the bully feels a sense of shame and they want to hide it, they don't want to tell anyone, they don't want to admit to it, it's embarrassing, it's humiliating, they don't want to be tattletales, and so this empowers the bully even further. Now also, if your child is um, often missing their belongings, claiming they're stolen or lost, that's a red flag, and... um, if they admit to it, if they're being picked on in the presence of others. But again, not something they're likely to admit to. They're going to be keeping it quiet. So you really have to be on the alert to watch for the subtle signs. Mm, How true. And also that child is going to feel like if I tell, I'm, I'm, I'm in trouble. I'm going to get it worse. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. Amazing. So then you get into the do's and don'ts uh, when you're the target of bullying, and I think that's really good for people to hear and understand as well. Oh, yes. And you'd be amazed at at people that don't think about their actions when it comes to a confrontation in a bullying situation with uh, children. One thing I would have to say right off the bat, please, please, any educator, parent, any person who's going to intervene in a bullying situation, do not have any conversations with the bully and the target present together. You need to separate everyone, even the bystanders. You need to separate everyone and speak with them individually. Now, for the the child that is a target of bullying, 
never get into a physical fight with the bully or try to retaliate right. because they'll end up in trouble. Although, you know, deep down inside, you'd like to see the, the target fight back and teach that bully a lesson, but unfortunately in this day and age, it would work against them. Well, yeah, because then they're told that, that they're the ones that caused the problem without a lack, with a total lack of understanding about how this even came to that point, right? Mm-hmm. Well, they need to, they, they just uh, need to try to drum up as much confidence as possible and, you know, not believe the insults and, you know, don't run away. I mean, if the, it looks like the bully's going to hurt you, yeah, run away, but Try to stand your ground, and I, I think the most brilliant advice I ever heard was from another child, actually. She said she dealt with it this way. The magic of the response of, so what? The bully says, oh, you're fat. You know, so what? You know, oh, you've got um, ugly hair. So what? Mm. Powerful. That's a tough one, though. That's a tough one. I mean, I can think back about being that kid, and I stood up, and I got nailed for it. And, wow, um, there are many who don't stand up because they don't feel they can. And when those when those insults come in, especially when it's a combo, and you've got, you know, one kid, one kid who, who says, well, I want to be popular, so I'm going to support the bully. And isn't that the situation that's happening ever so often as well, um, you know, where there's a team of bullies picking on one specific kid? And you see it in the, in the commercials that they're airing now. You see it in the television programming, movies, uh, where mm-hmm. that one child is, is walking down the corridor of the, of the school with their books in their arms and their heads kind of look down because they don't want to really look at anybody because they're going to get something said to them. And the next thing you know, they're shoved from behind, their books go flying, and then people kick their books around, don't let them pick them up. And, I mean, what is a child supposed to do in that situation? Wow. Well, the, the child in any situation has to first go to an adult and, you know, talk to an adult about what's happening. They need to get adult intervention. they got to get help because... You know, now we're talking about a gang mentality. Yeah, that's about right. That's true. And, again, it's all to do with this lack of esteem. It's all, you know, each kid says, well, I don't want to be picked on by that bully, so let's let them pick on this kid over here. Thank God they're picking on her or him. And then, I mean, Mm -hmm. I'll just pretend to be your friend. They don't want to be that person's friend, but they don't want to be picked on. Oh, right, and... And that's the third component here, the bystanders. They, these kids, either they're enjoying the bullying, they might be, you know, bullies themselves that are just teaming up with another bully, but most likely they're not. Deep down inside, they do know what's happening is wrong. They feel guilty because they're afraid to speak up because they don't want to, they're afraid they'll be the next target. Or they worry the others in the group are going to turn on them if they stand up for the target. And so these bystanders now are experiencing anxiety and depression. And, you know, one bully can affect the morale of the entire school. How true. How true. And they get into that in a couple of shows I've watched. Um, My children are older and they're out of the nest and I've got grandchildren. And I, I feel for my, my kids, uh, and I don't know that any of my grandchildren are so yes, I do. I take that back. I do know of a granddaughter that's been subjected to the bullying. I shouldn't say that. Wow, my daughter would not be happy with me right now, Dad. You do remember mm-hmm. me talking about that. And yes, I do. She was picked on terribly by a peer uh-huh. group. And uh, I was trying to think of my grandkids, and then, of course, it, bam, it comes to memory. Um, yes, she was, and it, it was a whole year of torment um, to the point now where uh, I, I would call it luckily my daughter, uh, through some changes, actually moved and she was able to get into a new school system, and that has helped immensely. It's a whole different crowd of kids. It's a, a less affluent school, and I think that's sad to say. You mean the more affluent school and the more expensive neighborhoods in suburbia are promoting more bullies? 
Isn't that interesting? Wouldn't you think it would the 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 less affluent suburbs that are producing more bullies, or is it the same but we're looking at it differently? I really don't know. This was the situation in this case. Uh, it was a very affluent school system in a very affluent community, and they were major bullies, major bullies. So I guess it doesn't prove, or it does prove, I should say, on the other side of the coin, it does prove that no matter what social level a person is on economically, bullies are still bullies. So true. Yeah. Now, interestingly enough, this comes to a part of the book which is rather dramatic in that, and I use the word dramatic because we're talking about children, also adults, but children being bullied, being the victim, living in the victim state of being bullied, when in fact we've touched on the bully. So the bully is getting the prominence because the bully is the bully. Well, wait a minute. How does a bully become a bully? What is it in a child's mind that they have had to live and learn because we learn what we live and we live what we learn? That's my motto. And in coaching and taking people back in regression through hypnotherapy, we go back to that childhood time. I, in some instances, bring cho- uh, excuse me, children. Yeah, I bring them back to when they were children, as early as two years of age, and, and a little bit earlier when their real conscious memory starts to activate. Prior to two, we don't remember a whole lot. We do. It's there because those are, the, again, that phase of learning of walking and talking and, and chewing and whatever it is that we do, oh, my. But the actual memory, how many people can honestly say, and I know some can. There are statistics where this is proven. But on the on the overall averages, most people cannot remember exactly those things that happened between the age of inception, because it does go back to there, and birth. And we probably don't want to remember that one. Wow, what a journey that was. <laughs> and then up to the age of two. So... We're actually talking about the age of two to about seven, which are those, as I mentioned earlier, those real learning years, those real, we're in awe. We're, 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 a, we're, a, we're a being of let me have it, let me see it. Everything is a magical experience. The flowers, the trees, the sun, the rain, the moon, the snow, people, everything around us is magical. Why are we told don't touch that because it's hot and you're going to burn your hand or don't go too close to the edge. You might fall off the curb, you know, things like that. And it's for our safety we're taught those things. But we're also taught how to behave. We're also taught how to act. We're also taught how to speak to other people. And unfortunately, we're not doing a great job at that. Unfortunately, because we're, we're a human being that does the best we possibly can but it isn't necessarily good enough. But again, those parents learned the same way that they're teaching this child. And now his two parents are not. A lot of single families out there, the mom's away working all the time, the dad's working all the time. A lot of reasons, a lot of reasons this child is picking up and learning whatever they're learning from somebody, not necessarily the parents. Maybe it's a babysitter. Maybe it's a child care provider. Maybe it's a, a, a foster home where they're mixed in with other kids that have been through the same thing and worse. We have many, 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 many different people that can turn around and say, well, you know what? You don't have a clue and you can't judge. No, we're not judging. We're not judging at all, but we can talk about it. And we can talk about the fact that it happened and it creates bullies. Therefore, bullies are created from their environment. So here's the thing. How do we recognize that, and what do we do about that, cat? You know, how do you recognize bullies' behavior? And what what should we as adults, you know, the care providers, the, you know, as children, be, you know, go through there? I mean, this is starting from, from kindergarten grades, first grade, second grade, they're already bullies. I mean, but it is a part of the human being as well. It's also a part of that, you know, that hierarchy. Um, it, it's part of the animal kingdom as well. It's, it's like, you know, I'm king, and you're not. Uh, you know, the species seems to do that. You know, they, they've got to prove, hey, you know, I'm the king of the sandcastle today, and therefore I'm going to act like a bully because that's going to tell you I am, and you're not going to try to knock me off my mountain. 
you know, and it, it could be the sandbox, for goodness sakes, or it could be who gets the swing. Then it kind of starts there, but, you know, we learn that as humans, but then it proclamates itself because it goes further and further. And they become so wrapped up in trying to find and fight their way out of a, a very, very, very bad situation. Their esteem level is so low and their self-worth, their self-talk about themselves is so low that they've got to find pleasure. And this is, the, this is an amazing thing about human needs psychology. We as humans from inception are looking at two things in our brain, pain and pleasure. The body feels pain. What do we do? We want pleasure. We want to kick the pain out. We need to do something to get rid of it, and we want to find pleasure. Well, it's the same thing when we're treated wrongly. So if a child is treated wrong or abused or feels they have no worth whatsoever, what are they going to try to do? They're going to strike out, and they want to make themselves look good. How do they do it? They become a bully. Do they really want to? No, but it's a form of survival. So in the book, you get into that uh, about the being the bully. Let's talk about that, Kat. Well, um, there, there's actually a list, uh, another quiz of uh, signs that you should look for. And, uh, you know, like you said about the striking out, when a child is displaying tendencies towards violence, that's the number one red flag. You know, when they're, uh, a child is uh, overly aggressive, even to adults or even teachers sometimes. Uh, another kind of disturbing symptom is uh, when a child doesn't seem to show any sympathy towards others who are being bullied. Uh, no empathy, right. No empathy, kind of like a sociopath. Right. I don't know. Can children be sociopaths? I guess they can. You would know that. Well, you know, there are children. It's a, it's a, it is a fact that there are children that commit violent crime. Yeah. So that's... where does that come from? Yeah, exactly. Oh, my gosh. Well, uh, another thing is, as you just said when you were describing this, when you see the child uh, demonstrating a need to dominate or control others in situations. Right. Or the child is uh, often testing their limits or uh, always breaking the rules, breaking the rules. Or they're very good at manipulating. They manipulate their way out of situations. You know, it's it's kind of funny. These are all symptoms of a sociopath, but let's hope that if, if they're caught quick enough, something can be done about it. And, and that's the thing. There are some great programs, and I think this is where awareness and education comes in. Um, it, is, it is to be, and I don't think that any one person can say, well, we have, we have the perfect model here, and everybody's going to be taught to be exactly the same and do the same thing, and therefore this isn't going to exist. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. That's going to some kind of a utopia civilization that I don't know that we want to even think about. Um, perhaps we don't, because then that means everybody's walking under the same rule and everybody's cloaked to be the same. So it's kind of a crazy thing, but yeah, but you're right. And But if there is awareness and if there is education so that the parents themselves see this happening, if they see the symptoms, they go, you know what? We went to that class at the school. Everybody was asked to please be there with their child, and they gave and they talked about this. And they go home, and when the child goes to bed, they go, wow, is it possible our child is a bully? You know, there are some signs there. I think we should address yeah. You can't put the blinders on, folks. You can't do it because don't you want to know, really? Don't you want to know, because after all, you love this child. This is your child, children, et cetera. You want to get them help. You've got to want to get them help. If you get it soon enough when they are young, the chance of them being able to change their mind and live a healthy lifestyle without this hanging on them and without this trigger in their head, it's like some somebody speaking to them from inside going, okay, now it's time to be a bully. You know, like the little guy sitting on his shoulder and poking him in the neck going, hey, bully time. Because mm-hmm. that's what they're faced with through their entire life. I don't care the age now. It doesn't matter. They will retain that bullying. And then it goes on to being married and having their own children. Now what do they teach their own children? So the awareness factor, I think, is very important as you go through it. But go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't want to interject too much there. but Oh, no, you're, you're absolutely right. And, 
And the parents need to also keep in mind that by if they do recognize this and they, they do want to deal with it, it can't be dealt with by bullying the child with harsh discipline and anger because the child is not going to respond to that well. You really, really need to get some counseling, get some therapy. They have to talk through these emotional issues, you know, as as you just have so eloquently said. Absolutely true. And this is one of the uh, the beautiful things about strategic intervention and hypnotherapy, per se. Um, I don't know. I've never never actually worked with a child as far as I have hypnotized a couple of children. But I, as I mentioned earlier, I don't work with children, per se. Uh, but I have had the opportunity. Actually, a client asked me to hypnotize one of their, child, one of their children, and, and it worked very well. Um, if they do, in fact reach out and get the help for their child. There's some great opportunity out there. And, and hypnotherapy is certainly, you know, find, seek out a great hypnotherapist, a great coach, a great counselor. And, and it's really becoming more uh, the norm than not the norm. There was a time that the, the uh, religions of the world actually said that hypnotherapy was like, you know, devil work, and uh, which is now a bunch of bunk, as we know. But, yeah, and then you talk also about, you know, um, you, you get into the actual, you know, the areas, you know, the bullying others, the remembering, the step two follow-up uh, for the child who was bullied, for the for the child who bullies others, uh, bystanders, what a bystander is supposed to do, the parents, gosh, I mean, I, I have to say thank God I haven't had a child for a bully, but, but that doesn't mean maybe they weren't and I didn't know. Uh, it can't happen. It can't happen. And then you also get into Chapter 8. You're talking about the random facts about bullies, which is, I mean, there's a, there, folks, there is a long list here of facts that Kathleen has put together for you in this book and this guide. Um, it talks about the why. The why is a critical thing. When I coach somebody as an interventionist, we are looking for the why. So there is a why. It's a why you act the way you do. It's the why you behave the way you do. It's the why you think the way you do. And when you can find those answers, that's the answer to what you're looking for, for what you don't remember. And that's what helps in this circumstance, no doubt. Uh, it's all to do with low self-esteem, the negative self-talk, the debilitating belief that we, we say about ourselves. I mean, think of us as adults and think about the fact that you were bullied. Most of us can go, oh, yeah, thanks for the reminder, Jeff. Uh, wow, I kind of forgot. But how has it acted out in your life? How might have things been different had you not been bullied? And so, you know, there's a big percentage. They say 80%, I believe it. So, and then you go into Chapter 9, talk about when your child's a bully, and wow, I mean, you're just really getting into it here. And we don't have time to go through the book exactly chapter by chapter by chapter, but uh, we'd love to get into um, re a recap, so to speak. You know, and then you know, chapter ten, we get into the, the what we talked about earlier when you get into the suicidal tendencies and what to look for in that. I mean, this is just, folks, this is phenomenal, fantastic information. Kathleen, this is it's a great book. Uh, congrats on this because. Uh, you know, and then Chapter 11, how to bullyproof your child. Uh, I mean, how, how important is that to arm your child? As you say, the bullying epidemic, the guide to arm you for the fight. How to get your child prepared to go into the world and deal with this stuff that's not necessarily being taken care of the way we think it should be taken care of. Gosh, they're trying to take care of everything else, though, aren't they? Stuff that we'd probably like to say, uh, excuse me, <laughs> why don't we stop worrying about that and spending all the money on that and get back to us? I think there was a thing yeah. in this country used to say, we the people. I think that's what that said. Anyway, now I know we're going to go on the political side. I can't do that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're coming up to that holiday, as a matter of fact, aren't we? <laughs> and then you get the resources and crisis prevention resources. Wow, it's all here, folks. Um, absolutely fantastic stuff. It really is. Kathleen, we we are so happy to have you on the show, and, and thank you. And I think we probably should have you back because – um, I think we're going to get a lot of interest in this, and I probably we're going to be doing webinar series coming up pretty soon, Authentic You Media, uh, through our Authentic You Presentations division of the company. We're going to be having educational webinars for people, and I believe this will be a wonderful subject 
and I'd like to get some some response from you folks, our listeners. Write in on our uh, either go to our, our website uh, www.authenticumedia.com. You will have the information in just a couple of minutes on how to reach Kathleen as well and talk to her directly about her book. Uh, but please give us some feedback. Go to our page on Facebook, Authentic You Media, and go to this this link. You will find the link for today's show. And go ahead and ask your questions and post your questions. And I'm going to make sure that Kathleen has access to get onto that page and get that information from you as well. So please do that. And let's let's get some questions and answers. Let's get a Q and A going on this. If you've got anything or you know anything that you'd like to you know get some more resource information, and you know that leads us up to a fantastic part of the show where we we offer our guest to let you know how to reach her. And as I mentioned in the beginning, Kathleen's got a fantastic offer for you. So, and, and Kathleen, I, you know, the projects and all the different things that you've got listed in here, and there's probably now these days since the, uh, since the publication of the book, there's probably even more, uh, you know, and you get into all that, and it's fantastic. And, and all the uh, support through the communities such as the, the music industry and the, the Actors Guild, and, you know, they all want to do something about this. They all want to cure this epidemic. And uh, it's been around for a long time. So let's, let's show folks how to reach you. Well, I uh, I have uh, that great offer that you mentioned. I want to give a free copy of the book to wow. anyone who would like it. If you want, if you know someone that could use it, please go download the book. I'm I have um, a link with the coupon code to click on and get your free copy of the ebook. And uh, you can go to my website. It's Kathleen Patel, which is K-A-T-H-L-E-E-N, P is in Peter, A-T-E-L, dot blogspot dot com. And you'll see on the right-hand side, it'll say, for a free book, use this coupon code, click here. And you can click on there, and it'll take you to Smashwords, where you download the free book. And, you know, tell your friends Tell your family, anyone who you think could use this, please be my guest. What a fantastic offer. Thank you for your generosity and your, and your leading with contribution, Kathleen. Um, wow, that that oh, is really pleasure. nice, folks. I read this book, and we just went through it, and you would think we could go through a book in an hour, but it's almost not able to be done because the subject is so... Uh, it's broad. I mean, there's so much to speak about to do with it, and we've highlighted it. We've gotten to the meat of it, but there's a lot more. There's a lot more that can be done. So you're probably thinking, you know, I remember that. I remember that time in my life. I was bullied. Um, I remember how I acted and reacted to it, because back in the day, when most of us that are adults, there wasn't a ton that we could do. Oh, yeah, there were certain things, you know, you could tell, hopefully your parents could do something, but most people said, suck it up, it's part of living. Mm-hmm. Just not the way it is anymore. It isn't a suck it up situation anyway, anymore. And it's got to be dealt with, and, and it's not. And, and as you said, about 50% possibly are being taken care of, and 50% probably aren't. Uh, that's pretty bad. So, fantastic offer, folks. If you have listened to this broadcast, I am not going to put it out there and actually put it in black and white that Kathleen is offering you a free download. I'm not just going to put it there for folks that chose not to listen to the show. Uh, That wouldn't be fair because you're here and you've listened or you've listened to the rebroadcast as it's archived, which it will be shortly at the conclusion of this show in about a minute or so. And thank thank you so much, Kathleen. It has been a pleasure. Uh, Very long. Kathleen, are you still with me? Oh, I am. I, I, you kind of went blank for a minute. Oh, we had a little, little, little blip in the system, evidently. <laughs> oh. We've got about a minute left, so yes, thank you so very, very much uh, for being on with us today. It's been a pleasure, and what a, what a great topic! Wow. Oh well, thank you very much. I, I can't tell you how grateful I am to have the opportunity to you know, talk about this and try to spread the word because it it really needs to get out there. It sure does. Thanks. And, you know, folks, we'll, uh, you know, get those questions in and we'll have Kathleen back. Kathleen.
I've got to unfortunately say goodbye to everybody for this week's show, and we'll see you next week. Uh, actually, we're having the 4th of July. Wow, isn't that amazing? Kathleen, thanks, and we'll talk to you again very soon. It's been our pleasure. And, folks, thank you very much for listening to interviews with Authentic You, myself, Jeffrey Miller, the interventionist, and my co-host, Michelle Arbo, the celebrity numerologist. We are the guiding light in Authentic You Media. We've got plenty of programming for you other than our own. So thanks again for being with us, and we hope you have an absolutely fantastic rest of your day and a beautiful week. And enjoy. This is summer in the upper part of the world, and we hope you're enjoying it. Thanks so very much, and we'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.